We are in a series that we just started last week, and we'll be doing this for the next handful of weeks, talking about creating community, uh, the journey towards better friendship. And one of the things that um, all of us really long for is to be meaningfully connected to other people. That's something that all of us long for. That starts from a, a really young age. One of the, the favorite things of mine uh, at our church is after kind of we're done here and then the little kids just start running around and chasing each other and, it, and it, you, no one taught them that. It just, just kind of happens and they, they get really sad when one kind of family has to go home and then they're just there. No one wants to chase themselves, you know, and just like run around in circles. That's just weird but they, they, they get sad because they like to play with their friends and, and we long for even from being little kids to, to be meaningfully connected with other people. That's something that we, that we long for, that we all want ever since we're little. And, and some of us truthfully have kind of shut that off because different things happen in life and, and we've longed for that and, and then it kind of starts to fade away and we can kind of shut that off a little bit. Maybe it starts to narrow in to just our spouse or maybe just our family, our immediate family, and we can kind of shut that off a little bit. But one of the things that we do long for, that most of us, especially being new to a city, if you're new to Denver or if you're kind of checking out church, maybe that's one of the reasons that you're even here is we long for meaningful connection with other people. And what we want to talk about tonight is how can we experience meaningful connection with other people? How, how can we experience that? Because we long for that meaningful connection to really be known by other people. And, and the way that we experience that, and most of us know this, one of, the, one of the main kind of key ingredients to being able to experience meaningful connection is you have to be vulnerable with other people. If you really want people to know you, if you really want people to be connected to you, you have to, you know, there's different words we use for this, put yourself out there, or let your guard down or let your hair down or kind of all those different types of things that we do. And let your hair down, I guess is kind of more of a female expression. Guys don't really let their hair down. I mean, I guess some do, but some of them let it all the way down to the roots, you know, and just like I'm letting it, I'm letting it down all the way. But we, we, we long for that connection, Right. And we know, okay, if I want to be meaningfully connected, I've got to be vulnerable. I've got to let other people really know me and really see me. But that's hard, right? It's hard. We, we long for this meaningful connection, but the path towards that is vulnerability. But then that's difficult. It's hard because we fear what will happen if people see me for who I really am. I, I, I want to be meaningfully, meaningfully connected, but if the path towards that is to be vulnerable and really show who I am, what if people see me and then reject me? And so we kind of get caught in this cycle that is, is really hurtful and harmful and scary and where we, we want to be connected. And so we want other people to know us, but we're afraid, man, if they really know us, what would they do? Because we don't want to be rejected by them. I mean, if you think about it, what's... What's scary to you about what other people might find out about you? What are you scared that other people might see about you? Maybe that you're not as smart as you project, or maybe not as successful as you project, or, or maybe not as holy or righteous or Christian as you project, or, or maybe you're not as, I don't know, what is it? Maybe not as put together, or whatever it might be that we go, man, if I want to be meaningfully connected to people. I want that. 
But in order to do that, I got to let people know me. You can't be meaningfully connected to people if they don't know you. So I really want people to know me. But if they know me, what happens if they see me and then reject me? What if they see the faults in me, the errors in me, the, the ugly stuff in me? What if they see that and then reject me and I want to be connected and then I'm not connected? And we've, we've experienced this. I mean, we don't feel this for no reason, right? I mean, there's probably been times in your past that you wanted to be connected to people meaningfully. And so you shared something and, and then maybe they did reject you. Maybe you did share, here's who I am. Maybe you were vulnerable and then people did reject you. And so it's not for no reason that we have those fears, but here's what happens. How do we experience meaningful connection? Because that's what we want. But the way to experience that is to be vulnerable and let people see you. But if we let people see us, we're afraid. What if they reject me? And we've had that happen to us. And so what do we do? Well, then we hide. We don't really let people see us. We want to be connected, but we don't want to be rejected, so then we hide. And there's all sorts of different ways of hiding, right? I mean, there's ways that people just say, hey, how's it going? Are you doing okay? And yeah, I'm great. Does anyone need prayer for anything? No, I don't need prayer for anything. Meanwhile, your life is crumbling, right? There's all sorts of ways that we hide. We always put our best forward. We always project strength. We always project emotional togetherness when, when really we're just hurting, I mean, I know people that have gone through really, really hard suffering in their life and nobody even knows it in the moment. I know other people that are really struggling in their marriages or whatever it might be and and nobody knows it because we hide. We want to be meaningfully connected. We want to be meaningfully connected and that's a good thing and we're kind of hardwired with that. But the way to be meaningfully connected is to be vulnerable and let people really see you. But we're afraid to do that because what if they see me and reject me? So then we hide and don't let people really see us, but then we're not meaningfully connected. So it's a vicious cycle. And it's, we're like, man, how do I get out of that? Because we can be around a lot of people and yet be disconnected. We can be really safe in our relationships and yet be disconnected. We can even wow people and yet be disconnected. And that's not what we want. We want meaningful connection. But to have that, we have to let people know us and be vulnerable, but we're afraid of that because what if they reject us and so then we don't let people know us, but then we're not meaningfully connected. It's a cycle, right? And we've all, I think, felt that. Man, how how do I get out of that Cycle, or another way to ask it is, how can we grow in vulnerability? If that's really the pathway to meaningful connection, and yet it's so difficult, how, how can I grow to open up? How can I grow to really let people see me and know me? How can I grow in that? How can I grow to want to do that or to find that easier to do? Because this is hard. It's hard because to be vulnerable and to grow in vulnerability means that you are increasingly allowing people to see your weaknesses, letting people see them. And that's hard, right? We we let people see our weaknesses 
That's what it means to grow in vulnerability. But that is difficult because most of how we have been taught and most of how we've lived our lives is that acceptance comes not from weakness, but acceptance comes from strength. If you think about all communities, most communities that that you have been a part of, they're built on strength, right? I mean, if you've ever joined a a club, sports club, you didn't say, hey, I'm I'm really bad at spike ball. Can I be on the team? And they said, oh, yes, of course. I mean, I, I couldn't join a spike ball club, definitely, but I I couldn't join an ultimate, I couldn't really join any sports club, okay? I could join, I don't, maybe like a Nintendo club. I'm pretty good at Contra. So I could do that. But I couldn't really join a lot of clubs because clubs, sports clubs, they're built on strength, right? Hey, if you want to be a part of this community, here's what defines us. We're good at this thing. If you want to be a part of some sort of a community that's built on um, your education or intelligence, whatever that would be, you come with strength. If you want to be, a, I mean, just even in the workplace, what happens when you get an interview? Going in for an interview, they ask you about your strengths and how you've handled different situations and, hey, when you've experienced this problem, how did you deal with it? And they're looking for strength. And they're looking for maybe how you've learned from your failures, but that's still a strength. They're looking for strength. And they even ask you, tell me about your weaknesses, right? Hey, what are your top three weaknesses? But what do we do? I'm, I'm, I'm an overworker. I'm just an overachiever. My greatest weakness is I'm always on time. You know, my greatest weakness is sometimes I care too much. You know, you know, my great, you know, one says my greatest weakness. You want Facebook, man, I'm on Facebook at least two hours a day. Nobody says that. Nobody says, man, I eat a lot. I overeat. I'm in the office fridge. It's going to be cleared out. Or man, I've got a lot of drama with my parents. Just got a lot of drama with my parents, bad relationship with them. So sometimes they get phone calls and texts and you might see me kind of look sad. I might go in the bathroom and cry and, you know, I might have to leave work early that day because of family issues. And I mean, the interviewer would be like, huh? Like, that's not really what I was looking for, right? I mean, communities are built on strength. They're built on what we bring to the table. They're built on what we bring to the table, even in the Christian community. Because if we were to talk about the Christian community and we go, hey, what, what is it that defines the Christian community? And we usually think love, right? We're supposed to be a community that's defined by love or, or maybe holiness or maybe being like Jesus and Christ-likeness in some way. And then that's supposed to be what defines us, which are all strengths. Those are good things. Man, I'm, I'm defined, if we're supposed to be defined as a loving community and a Christ-like community and a holy community then what happens is it's a community built on strength. And sometimes what that ends up doing for people is they go, I could never be like that. I couldn't be a part of that. I'm not like that. I, I don't have that. I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a part of that. And it's a community that's built on strength. And see, how can we grow in vulnerability? It's really difficult. If vulnerability is allowing people to see your weakness, that's really difficult because we're scared that people might reject us if they see the weakness. And we have reason to think that because what we've been taught and how we've learned is that acceptance is based on strength. That what makes you acceptable is the strengths you bring to the table. What makes you acceptable for the college you got into is the strengths that you brought to the table. What makes you acceptable for the career that you got into is the strengths that you brought to the table. What makes you acceptable for the relationship that you're in is the strengths. And so it's really hard 
to grow in vulnerability, which means letting people see the weakness that's there. It's hard to do that when we have been taught acceptance is based on the strengths I bring to the table, right? But the Bible teaches a different way, something very different and something very unique. Even though sometimes we think that the Christian community is built on strength, what Jesus taught over and over and over again is the Christian community is actually defined by its weakness. See, when Jesus showed up, Jesus said things like this all the time. I'm here for the lost, not the found. I'm here for the sick, not the well. I'm here for the blind, not those that see. I'm here for the sinner, not for the righteous. I'm here for the broken, not the one that thinks they have it together. I'm here for the sinner, not the one that experiences their own self-righteousness over and over and over again. Jesus showed up saying, hey, I'm, I'm building a new community. And the defining characteristic of this new community is not going to be that they see, that they're religious, that they're strong, but actually that they're weak. Now, that's very different from what, you're, what we're used to. That Jesus says, actually, what gets you into this community is your weakness, not your strength. Here's how Paul says it when he is writing to a church in Corinth, and this is really the verse that we're going to talk about tonight, but, but look how he says this. He says, consider, for consider your calling, brothers. And, and even just that, before we move on, you see what Paul is saying? He's saying, think about this. Consider this. I want, I want you to mull this over. I, I want you to meditate on this. Even right now, he's saying, look, I want you to digest this. I want you to consider this. Not just know it's true, not just go, oh yes, but no, I want you to consider this. I want you to think about this. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the weak. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Look, look what Paul says here. He says, not many of you were wise. That's kind of offensive, right? He says, look, you're kind of dumb. He says, look, this community isn't built on your intelligence. A lot of you guys, you're just dumb. I'm speaking as Paul. I'm not telling you this. I don't have the, the stuff that Paul has to be able to say this kind of stuff. So I can just read him and quote him. But he, but he looks and he says, man, you're not all that intelligent. And, and then he says this, look, you're not very powerful, you're not at the top of the ladder. You're not that successful. You're not kings and queens. You're not people that are, that are the powerful ones. That's not who you are. And in fact, don't, get, don't even get me started about your family. He's like, look, I know about your mom. I know about your dad. Yeah, you've got family drama. I know about it. Yet yeah, your parents, you're, they're not the people that you like to brag about. He says, look at this. You, you, you you're weak, you're foolish. And then he even says this, even things that are not, 
So God, God chose even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. You know, you know what that is? Man, it's even, that's the worst it gets. He's saying things that are not, just nothing? Just nothingness. I mean, do you ever feel like you're nothing? You ever feel like you're foolish? You go, man, I'm not that smart. Some of you maybe don't feel like this, and, and that's a problem But when you, when you read Paul's list. But what Paul is trying to say is this. Man, if you feel dumb, if, if, if in situations you go, man, I don't have it all together. I'm kind of dumb. And, and I'm not, I know, I know myself. I'm not all that successful. I'm not all that strong and powerful. And maybe I tell myself that and I look in the mirror and I chant to myself, but I know I'm not all that powerful. I know, I'm, I, I, know I don't have it together. I know I'm kind of foolish. I, and sometimes I even feel like not. I just feel like nothing. Paul says, Paul says the Christian community is consisted of those people. That what God did is he said, I'm going to choose the foolish and the weak and those that don't have power and those that are not, those that are like nothing. I'm I'm going to grab those people. You see, what's different, what's different about the Christian community is that it's defining characteristic. What Jesus said and what Paul said here is it's based on weakness. If you're a Christian, one of the things we say is that Jesus is our savior. But what does that mean if not to say that we need saving? What does that mean if not to say, man, I am weak. I mean, you don't, you don't, if, if you have it all together, you don't need a savior, right? But inherent in the Christian community is this idea of salvation, which says, I'm foolish, I'm like nothing, I'm not successful, I'm not powerful. Man, my birth, I don't want to brag about my family. And, and the defining characteristic is that Jesus says, yeah, those are my people. The Christian community is organized around the fact that there's a weakness there. It's not people bringing their strengths to the table, it's people bringing and knowing their weakness to the table. That's what gets people in. I mean, I've talked about this before, and maybe you've heard this said before, that in Christianity is not, it is not, that the good are in and the bad are out. It's that the humble are in and the proud are out. The only thing that, that defines the Christian community, the very core, the defining attribute, it's not even love, holiness, Jesus-likeness, it's weakness that says, I need a savior. So how how do we grow in vulnerability? Well, one of the ways that it's difficult is because we have viewed acceptance is based on strength. Acceptance is based on strength. And so I can't be vulnerable because if I'm vulnerable, if I let people see my weakness, then they will reject me. But Christianity says, here's part of how you can grow in vulnerability. The whole community is based on weakness. Your acceptance is based on your weakness. Acceptance is based on weakness. It's a, it's a virtue. It's the defining attribute. So how does this lead then to meaningful connection, to circle back to what we asked at the beginning? You see, what, what it is that we long for is to be meaningfully connected to other people, right? Right? We want that. Maybe we've been hurt, so we've kind of given up on it, but, but we long to be meaningfully connected to others. That's something that we desire to have. And we know, man, I can't really be connected to people unless they know me. 
all of me, lest they see me. And yet I'm afraid to let them see me because if they see me, then they might reject me. If they see my weakness, they might reject me. So I'm going to pretend, I'm going to hide, I'm going to put my best foot forward, I'm going to always appear good. And then people don't really know me. And so then I'm not meaningfully connected. And to be meaningfully connected, we have to grow in vulnerability. And to grow in vulnerability, first we have to understand that acceptance isn't based on strength, it's based on weakness. And so how does that lead us back then to experience meaningful connection? Well, it does it in two ways. It changes how it is that we present ourselves and it changes how we respond to others. So let's talk about these two ideas. It it changes how we present ourselves. See, it it breaks the cycle. It breaks the cycle of I want to be known, but I'm afraid to be rejected, so then I hide, so then I'm not connected. It breaks the cycle because we operate from acceptance. We operate from, it's okay that I'm weak because that's not what defines me. It's not what marks me. And we operate from a place of I'm already accepted in Jesus. You know, what Paul said here that we looked at, at at the end, he says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that that, that are not, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And then listen to this, because of him, You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us a wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, it leads to meaningful connection because it allows us to show who we are because we're starting from a place of acceptance already. We don't need to worry about getting acceptance from other people. So we don't show our weakness because we're worried that we'd be rejected. But what if we started from a place of, I'm accepted? What if we started from a place of, I'm, Paul uses the language, in Christ. So he says that in Christ, you've received this wisdom from, even if you're not wise, you've received a wisdom from him and a redemption from him and a sanctification from him. He says, this is where you are. This is where you stand so that when you come to others, you're not, you don't have to try to fight for their acceptance. You're operating out of a place that's already received that in Jesus. So here's what this means. It means, man, if you feel like a fool ever, Jesus said, yeah, I see that. And you're in me now. I want you. If, if you ever feel unsuccessful, and Jesus goes, yep, and I chose you. If you ever feel like, man, my family is so messed up, the stuff that they've done to me, the stuff that's affected me, the, I don't even know if I could, man, I'm not like other people with the family that I came from. Jesus goes, yeah, I see that. And you're in me now. And if you ever go, man, I'm just weak. I'm not like other people. As other people have it together and they look good. I know that for a fact because I look at their newsfeed. Man, they have it together. Their Facebook is killing it. So their life must be perfect. And he goes, so man, I'm not like them. I'm weak. And Jesus goes, yeah, you are. And, and now you're in me. And you're accepted and you're chosen. And, and you go, you know what, man? I, I just feel like nothing sometimes. And Jesus goes, yeah, y- you, you do feel like that. And now you're in me. You're chosen. 
See, if we operate from a place of acceptance already, if, we, if that's a reality to us, and, and, and here's what I love about this. Look, some of you hear voices in your head and maybe you're schizophrenic. I'm not talking about that. That's okay. I'm just talking about you just hear self-talk and you talk to yourself and you tell yourself or hear it. You suck. You're not good. You're not worthy. You're, and you hear that. Here's what I love about this. You can just listen to that. You can talk to that voice. Maybe put a Bluetooth on or headset on so people don't think you're crazy. But you can talk to that voice and go, yep, I am. Sure, why not? Sure, I'm weak. Sure, I'm nothing. And then you can open up this verse and go, man, that means I'm qualified to be accepted by Jesus. See, sometimes the way we try to fight that is we go, no, that's not true. I'm great. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm awesome. And then we walk away going, okay, that lasted for 10 seconds. But what's cool about this is Jesus goes, you know what? You have the freedom to own it. You can just look it and go, sure, I'm weak. Sure, I'm not very successful. Yeah, my family is messed up. And Jesus says those are the people that he chose. Jesus says those are the people that he grabbed and brought in his family. I mean, I love that verse. Because if you've ever felt like I have some of those things, man, I am not smart enough. I do not have it together enough. I am not. Jesus goes, that's the person I chose. And what happens then is this. If you experience and feel that acceptance it changes how you present yourself to other people because you're not fighting so hard to get their acceptance so it means you're allowed you're freed to be able to own the weaknesses you have because you know those aren't what define you they're actually what get you in you don't have to pretend that you're better than you are you can go no man i'm messed up and that's what gets me in jesus's family go huh yeah that's how i get in so sure, if you think I'm dumb, great. Jesus says he loves dumb people. You want to talk about my mom? Fine. Jesus said that it's my unnoble birth that allows me in his family. I mean, it just, it just destroys the negativity and the weakness. It destroys the power of that to make us unacceptable. How does this lead to meaningful connection? It changes how we present ourselves. Because we're operating out of a place of, I am accepted by him. I'm loved by him. Not because he overlooks what's there, but because he sees it, he knows it even more than we do, and he still goes, you're mine. Jesus isn't stupid. The verse isn't saying Jesus, you know, he's kind of blind, he's kind of dumb. It's saying, no, he sees it. He sees it greater than you do, and he chooses you in the middle of it. So it changes how we present ourselves, We can make the worst about ourselves known. We can make the hardest stuff about our lives known. And then, when we open up and let people see us, weakness, hardness, suffering, that's what allows us to then connect with other people. I was talking to, I, I preached this morning at a, at a church and I spoke to a woman that was in her 60s and she came up after and said, and this hurt my heart, but she said, man, I wish someone would have told me this when I was a little kid because I've lived my life not knowing this. I wish someone would have told me this when I was younger because I've lived my life not knowing this. 
I've lived my life thinking to be accepted, I have to bring strength. To be accepted, it's about what I do. And look, we're taught this even in well-meaning ways. See, it changes, changes how we present ourselves. We can be real. We can be known. We can be seen. We can let the weakness be known because we're operating out of a place of acceptance. You know what this practically means for some of us? For all of us, really, but maybe for some of us in particular? This means you've got to begin to let other people know what's going on in your life. And I'm not saying you just wear that on your sleeve and tell every single person. I'm not saying you just, you just go around and you know, post on Facebook, here's all my weaknesses. I'm not saying that. I mean, you, you want to build trust with people. But man, if you're in an LTG or you're in a community group or you've got some people... Man, you want to be able to say, here it is. Here's who I am. Here's my weakness. And let people, that's, man, if you want meaningful connection, it doesn't come, it doesn't come apart from having vulnerability. So begin to let other people know you. Begin to let other people see you. What if you did this this week? What if you wrote down all the things that, Maybe you fear sometimes people seeing. You fear, man, if people saw this, they might reject me. What if you wrote that stuff down just as a prayer to God and said, God, this is yours. And I I want you to help me, God, begin to share this with some people. What if you just ask God for that help? Say, God, man, there's a lot of stuff in my life, foolishness and nothingness, and and I'm going to give that to you. And I'm going to ask you to help me get meaningfully connected with other people by beginning to share that so that people can really know me. Here's why you can do that. Because you have the acceptance you long for. You have it from him. Weakness is a virtue in Christianity. Jesus says he chooses the weak. For those of you that are fools and nothing and powerless and weak, Jesus says, yes, you're mine. It changes how we present ourselves, but it also changes how we respond to others that have weakness. See, if we, if we know our weakness, that leads to compassion for other people that are weak. If we know our weakness, that, that allows us to have compassion for others that are weak, right? I mean, you know this even at a small level. I, I have a, an iPhone 5. I don't know if that matters, but I have an iPhone 5. Now you know, if anyone's looking to give me a new one. And I used to, and this is just a silly example, okay, but I I used to, seriously, used to judge people that broke their phone. Like, you dummy, come on. Take more care of your phone. It's a phone. It's, It's like your best friend. It's with you always, you know? It's your connection to the world. We look at our phones more than we look at other people. Take care of it, you know? I used to judge people that had broken phones. And one day, you know what happened. One day, I mean, I I was running into my house because I had forgotten something. I was wearing a hoodie. had two pockets here and it was in there, carelessly placed. And it just, in slow motion, fell out and landed face down. And I knew, I just knew, oh no, here it comes. I picked it up. And if you've seen my phone, I mean, it's like, just when I talk on it, I get like cut in the ear because it's got spikes. I mean, it's bad. It's like all my judgment washed away. And I was like, I understand. 
I, you know, maybe other people are careless. To me, this was just an accident, right? But I mean, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, then I see people crack phone and I'm like, yeah, I know, man, I get it. I, I understand. I feel your pain. Seriously, small example, but, but you multiply that, right? You multiply that. That if you're in touch with your weakness, it starts to take away judgment. If you're in touch with your weakness, it, it leads to compassion. But when we think, man, I'm great, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I'm awesome, I'm successful, then what about the people that are not? Have you ever been laid off? Don't raise your hand, but have you ever been laid off from a job? Maybe before that, you're like, oh, people get laid off from jobs because they're lazy and because they are this and because if you just would have, you know, spoke up for yourself or if you would have just, and then you get laid off and you go, ah, someone else gets laid off. Oh man, I know what that's like. Your boss is a jerk, you know, or what? And you begin to immediately identify versus judge. This is true with so many areas in our life, whatever it is, that the more in touch you are with the weakness that you have, the more compassion you have, the more in touch you are. And it doesn't have to be the same weakness because the more you know, my strength is not what makes me acceptable. The more then you look at others with varied weaknesses and varied sins and varied sufferings and you look at them and you go, I'm more alike you than I am different from you. I'm more like you than I, I mean, we all have different things, right? Some of you maybe got anger issues and some of you got patience issues and some of you got lust issues and some of you got family issues and some of you got whatever all over the board, right? But the more you're in touch with your weakness, the more you go, I'm more like you than different from you. I'm weak and it breeds compassion instead of judgment. It breeds acceptance and grace instead of rejection. Because if we know, if we know Jesus chose the weak and Jesus goes for the weak, then what we know is that the way I respond to other people isn't based on their strength. You know what's beautiful about the gospel, the good news? What Jesus did is he moves towards our weakness. Jesus moves towards our weakness. Jesus moves towards your weakness. Where do you feel most weak? Where do you feel most out of control or or most like a loser or most like nothing? Jesus moves towards. He doesn't, look, so much of the time we reject and disdain or get annoyed by weakness, right? If you've, if you've been a friend to somebody or a spouse to somebody or a family member to somebody that struggles with something over and over and over again or is going through a hard time over and over and over again, we can start to feel like, oh my goodness, and weakness sort of annoys us or repels us and we don't want to be around it anymore. And that's how we often are. But Jesus looks at weakness and goes, I run towards that stuff. That's my jam. Weakness is what I'm about. That's what Jesus does. Look, so where you feel weak, you don't have to go, man, I, I just don't know if I can do this Christian thing. Jesus goes, I see the weakness and that's what I run towards. That's mine. That's what I specialize in. That's what I choose. It's not Jesus isn't junior high. You know, in junior high, 
What happens in junior high if you miss the shot in PE? Like everyone just kind of makes fun of you, right? Maybe these are just my memories. You're like, I never miss a shot. Okay, well, great. You're that guy. I can't play spike ball. So, okay, (laughs) if they had spike ball in junior high, then I would have been awesome at it. But what happens? What happens if you're not good in PE and you can't do the push-ups? What happens if you're, you wore the wrong, man, you, you had like the knockoff brand from Payless shoes instead of Adidas or whatever was cool, right? Or Fila. Anybody still wear Fila? It's big. I mean, see how silly this stuff is? It's like, oh, Fila. And now it's like, what's Fila? What, your Massimo shirt? You didn't have Massimo. Man, you had something else. You didn't have your No Fear shirt. You had something that was a knockoff, right? <laughs> bringing back bad memories for some of you. Like, no, I still have never owned one. I, I got eBay, man, you can get it. But what happens is when there's, when there's something that seems weak or not put together or kind of not there, what happens in junior high and high school, man, people mock that and they make fun of that and they, they disdain that. Jesus isn't like that. What happens when Jesus sees your weakness is he moves towards you. And see, this shapes then, if we believe that that's true, if you believe that's how Jesus has responded to your weakness, that shapes us to when we see other people's weakness, we move towards them. We move towards them instead of away from them. And what would that change in your relationships if those that you get annoyed by their sin that's persistent, and you get annoyed by their suffering that's burdensome, if instead you went, man, weakness Jesus moved towards me and and my weakness and it begins to change you so that you move towards others so when we understand that Jesus chose the foolish and the non-powerful and the weak and the nothing we understand that that's what he chose that's what he that's what he chose that his acceptance is there for those people and he brings them in to him it changes how we present ourselves. So we're going to take communion for those of us that are Christians. And we're going to sing songs remembering Jesus. Remembering what he's done. Remembering that he brought you in. Look, I don't know where you are tonight, okay? I don't know what you feel like. Maybe you come in here feeling strong. But if you come in feeling like a fool or like nothing or unsuccessful or not put together or, what, or a messed up family... If you come in here tonight like that, Jesus says, I chose you and you're mine. And I want you to experience and remember that. Remember what I did for you to bring you in to my family. Let's sing and let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you, you see, God, you see all of our weakness. It's not hidden from you. You see every part of it. You see every aspect of it. It's not hidden in any way from you. You see us. You know us. And you love us. You see us. You know the worst of it. And you bring us in. That we don't relate to you because of our strength, God. I thank you for that. Thank you for your grace. Father, I pray that our community that as we spend time over the next several weeks talking about what it looks like to create a community and to have better friendship, God, I pray that you would make these truths real to us. Let the truth of your acceptance in our weakness 
spur us on towards vulnerability and spur us on towards graciousness and compassion to those around us. Help us even as we sing and take communion that this truth would drop down into our hearts in a more real way. And God, if there's anyone right now that doesn't believe this, there's anyone that just thinks for them it's not true, point them out right now, Holy Spirit, just in their heart and let them know that this is your word to them. In your name, Jesus.